In the year 1831, biologist Charles Darwin began a fateful journey on the HMS Beagle. On that journey, Darwin formulated the controversial theory of evolution which has impacted society down to this day. Our goal is to punch holes in that theory, so we'd like to welcome you to Sink the Beagle. Fire one, Captain! Nice shooting, John. That seemed to be right on target. I'm learning how to push buttons, Stan. Oh, no. I'm John Kerlinski. I am Stan Hudson. We want to welcome you to another episode of Sink, Sink the Beagle. Beagle, where we take lighthearted looks at the serious issues of evolution and creation. Lighthearted because we know no other way. And lightheaded because that's the only head we got. That's the only anyway. head we got. Anyway, Stan, today we are talking, we kind of mm. talked about pushing buttons. Pushing I'm, buttons, we are, huh? we are in a studio here, and you know what I see all oh, around me? Yeah. Lots of buttons. Buttons and dials I, I and things push that your work. Button. No, please, don't do that. I, I, hey, uh, wait, see, th- uh, there you went. You came right back. See, I can push <laughs> your button. Well, you know, we're going to talk about button pushing on a very serious level. Today we're going to talk about cosmology buttons. <gasps> well, that's a big button. That's a big word. Cosmology. What's Does that a, have to do with makeup and things? No, um, that, that's cosmetology button. Oh, excuse me. When you push <laughs> the cosmetology button. <laughs> <laughs> we need to push that, that one around here, John. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> to use more of it. Yes. You know what? Cosmology buttons. What is a cosmology? John. A cosmology, some people call them worldviews. Worldviews. Worldviews are or cosmology buttons are basically a term that's used to it's that underlying ideas we have about why we exist, how we exist, where we came from, how things mm-hmm. work, how things don't work. It's the, the way in which we interpret our world around us. It's our view of reality. You mean like the model of uh, what forces are out there and shaping yeah. things and moving things, whether there's a, a big one called God or just nature has and the power. Stuff. To, and stuff. Okay. Uh, usually the ultimate one is I exist and I can make rational sense of my world. And then right after mm-hmm. that thought comes really this idea a supernatural being exists mm-hmm. or he doesn't exist. And so it's, mm-hmm. you start with God or no God, supernatural or no supernatural. Well, when we talk about creation and evolution, those views are diametrically opposed cosmologies if you think about it. Yeah, that's basically the fundamental issue. It's not so much an issue of data as mm-hmm. an issue of perspective of which you look at data. Worldviews are cosmologies. And a, and a creationist, of course, assumes from the beginning. It's a major assumption, the, the foundation... Uh, that there is a God, a creator God, who is responsible for all things, all things that we know. We have those creator God glasses on, and that's mm-hmm. all we do when we look at mm-hmm. our world. We first see it through the eyes of a loving creator God who mm-hmm. made us, mm-hmm. and we have to see all events, including some things that are hard to interpret through those loving creator God eyeglasses. And yet God gives us his word, the, the Bible, and we, through that, get some answers to some of the things we see around us. And insights into why things may look mm-hmm. good or bad or how how to interpret correctly the bad we see about us. And that's one of the big things mm-hmm. that uh, the opposite cosmology button, so to speak, mm-hmm. that, or the cosmology viewpoints that people have, like scientists have, mm-hmm. they have a hard time seeing this in the light of a, a creator God. So they have a, a materialistic glasses they put on. Yes, material is all that there is. The universe as we see it is all that there is. And that is the basis of evolution. Evolution says that we are here uh, thanks to fortunate happenings in net, with natural forces, but nothing greater, not a supernatural force. And that's sort of the problem what goes on now is that we have two opposing views. We mm-hmm. have creationists 
on one side, or maybe there's even the movement, the intelligent design movement. Yeah. And then there's the uh, non-intelligent, design, undes- undesigned movement, I yes, guess. Yes, those be... who believe that. That'd be creations. Me, you know, speaking, yeah. unintelligent. Well, yeah. Uh, okay, no. No, 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 no. We're talking oh. about the unintelligent, <laughs> no-designer movement, yes. which is basically a material materialism movement, materialist movement. And Darwin led that pack and so forth. But, you know, lately we've been getting in, in the news, we've been hearing about court cases that involve the intelligent design movement and how they've been trying to get science uh, in different classrooms around America to consider consider intelligent design as an option to evolution. And of course, there have been, you know, some state boards, Kansas and some others have tried Pennsylvania, to... Pennsylvania, Delaware. Right. They've been trying to add little other options besides evolution in the teaching uh, format. And it came to court in Pennsylvania recently where the judge there in the state court said that intelligent design is not science, it's religion. And uh, and he had a hard time uh, seeing it any other way. And so we're kind of and, you know, if you think about it, it, it's it. Here's my issue with intelligent design people and intelligent design people are not necessarily literal Genesis believers. They just simply have a doubt about Darwin's understanding of how we got here. They yeah. see maybe though, God worked it through evolution. The, the reality is, though, is that most of them maybe not do not believe necessarily in Genesis, but often they do believe in supernatural. And they believe in the biblical God. And they believe in a biblical God. They may mm-hmm. not agree with the Genesis account. Right. And so they aren't the pure, fundamental Baptist creationist who seven days is the mm-hmm. uni- whole universe, Like maybe. us. Well, like us, or Ken mm-hmm. Ham type, or mm-hmm. the others that mm-hmm. may have a similar view as far as at least... We may differ a little bit from them a little bit in other ways, but, but that's another another program. But we appreciate their scientific insights into the problems that evolution has, and we happily quote them from time to time. You know, we're recording today in, in Spokane, Washington. In Spokane. Home of a famous idea. Yeah, Who is St- that? Stephen Meyer, Dr. Stephen Meyer, was at Whitworth College for a number of years, and he was one of the founders of the intelligent design movement. So this is kind of a... And the Gonzaga law professor, whose name escapes me right now, is sort of their advisor in legal matters like this uh, mm-hmm. court case. In Pennsylvania. So, the, you know, we're right in the hotbed, so to speak, of some of this intelligent design here in the Northwest. But um, it seems like that every time they try to present it uh, as, as yes, pure science without a religious it's like connection, you know, it's, it's, you know, you'll get lucky here, but you'll miss over here. And it just seems like it falls back into the question of is intelligent design religion based or not? And I have to say, yeah, it's I think it is. Based, yes, it is religious based. It is religious based, and it's and that's the that's the one of the weaknesses mm-hmm. of the ID movement is the unwillingness to acknowledge. Yes, there is some religious uh, background base to it. The sad reality mm-hmm. is the other side doesn't want to admit that theirs is also ooh, a ooh, faith ooh, based ooh, ooh. approach as ow, well, ow, isn't ow, it? Ow. Oh, come on, make them twist, make <laughs> them twist. You know, and that's really that's really what's going on here because if you think about it. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to illustrate it a little bit with my own experience at the University of uh, California at Riverside years ago when I was a geology student. And one day I was in class, and I've used this story once before on Sink the Beagle. While I was in class uh, as a geology student and greatly enamored <laughs> with the whole view of how wonderful science was and open-minded oh, and everything. Yes, oh, they're the man. most open-minded creatures in the world. <laughs> oh, man, was I ever, I, I believe that fully. There's no bottom to that mind. <laughs> 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 yeah, the pits. But anyway, uh, the professor there one day, our, our, uh, you know, kind of the head of the department said, we have a creationist speaker coming this evening. And then he started to giggle. And you could tell that he had, and then he kind of acted like he 
caught himself, like he was trying to wrestle with his own cosmology, because he kind of liked the idea of there being a god, but he didn't know quite how to fit it into his scientific understanding of things. And so he said, you know, well, I do believe in a god— and then, you know, our hands go up. You know how wonderful a day is when you can get the professor off into tangents. Uh, yes, let's get him going. <laughs> yeah, no quiz tomorrow. Going. We see a snowball coming. <laughs> no quiz going tomorrow. Get it rolling. <laughs> but anyway, we started to raise our hands. But I really had a question for him, and I asked this question. I said, and I was not a Christian at the time. I said, are you saying that the world got here kind of under natural forces completely, you know, the Big Bang or whatever, and there was some divine person or some great creature on the other side of the universe watching this whole thing and then said, you know, that planet is going to need a god. I think I'll go off for my services. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, and he was dumbfounded. And I felt bad about it because he was clearly nervous about it. Put him on the spot. It. I put him on the spot. But the thing is, he was trying to understand his own cosmology. And, in and his, he never worked it out. He couldn't work it out. And a lot of people can't when they have these conflicting cosmologies to try it, to jam them together in the same room. It really shows, actually... Oh, I say, I, I talk to a class now that I say that everybody has a worldview. Everybody has a cosmology. Mm -hmm. Some are just more developed than others. Mm -hmm. And the sad reality is, is many people just sort of accept a lot of things their discipline teaches, i.e. science, yeah. and never really fully think through the yeah, totality the, of the ramifications. The ramifications. The, the, the existential ramifications of existence. Why am I here? How did yeah. we get here? Where are we going? Is there meaning and purpose to life? Is there things yeah. beyond yeah. me? Am I pond scum? Am I, you know, from a, or, an or, ape? Is or, that or really... Am I, or am I part of a divine design? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where the designers are trying to say, you know, I am not pond scum. Mm -hmm. They don't want to acknowledge that they believe that there's a they're created. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go across, it's interesting that uh, uh, that you cite statistics, Stan, that, mm -hmm. that you've found that mm -hmm. only about s between 7 and 10% of scientists basically uh, affirm there is no God. They believe that there is no personal God. Uh, uh, the middle ground of some that aren't sure and a large portion, probably 70% or so, believe that uh, there well, is yeah. no there is there, there well you said it a little wrong at the first there I think okay. the seven percent are oh, the ones who they do believe, believe in God, in God. yeah oh, and scientists but I'm just saying yeah mm -hmm. I'm, I'm mixing my science versus my national population <laughs> polls well you know this is from a Nature magazine article in 1998 they did a polling of leading scientists uh, particularly members of the National Academy of Science and that's sort of a an elite thought group a policy maker yeah and they asked them uh, do you believe in a personal God and that definition was someone who has interacted with man. Okay, mm -hmm. that's how personal. And only 7% believed yes. And 72% said no. Now but look at the national population, like you were saying. Flip. The flip it's is the national flip. population. Yeah. Only 10% of the national population don't believe in God. Yeah, And exactly. the 90% do. And that sort of leads up to... Talk about different cosmology conflicts there. And that's why people mm -hmm. are pushing cosmology buttons. Mm -hmm. When they get together, when they start arguing in the courts of our mm -hmm. nations, like we started earlier talking about mm -hmm. it when they talk about in Pennsylvania, Delaware, all around the nation, Kansas, they're pushing each other's cosmology buttons. Mm -hmm. They're trying to, they're, it's the hot button topic. It gets, it, it causes people to dig in and get defensive because it actually is a lot of money at stake in some respects. We had a torpedo text, mm -hmm. so we'd like to interject and push a few buttons. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Paul pushed a few buttons when Paul, the Apostle Paul, visited the city of Athens, which many regard as sort of the birthplace of, of, science. of science and philosophy and everything Western thought. And so he walked among a whole bunch of, you know, you might say 
uh, you know, science pre, geeks. Pre, yeah, science <laughs> geeks. And, and and this is what he said, and this is in the book of Acts, uh, chapter seventeen, verse twenty-two. Verse twenty-two. It says, "Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious.' <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Even science are religious. Folk. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription." To the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. And then he got to, went on to describe his understanding of God as, of course, the great creator. And, and then he also talked about the God, the creator, who came and became the great a redeemer mm-hmm. who was resurrected. And when he hit the resurrection button, yeah. that just totally blew. That That was way beyond anything that they were even considering. That sort of just yeah. blew a bunch of gaskets and circuits. Blue science with, gaskets. All over the place. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he pushed the button. Like, don't, don't, don't touch that button. No, no, no. <laughs> and the irony is, is that not the irony, but the good, the, the good news was that there were several there that said, you know what? Maybe that's mm-hmm. if, if that several believed some mm-hmm. some men mm-hmm. joined him. It says mm-hmm. in verse thirty four. You know, he pushed the button that helped them say, "That's the missing piece in that, my cosmology." Right. That makes sense to me. That there is purpose to life. There's a redeemer that, to this mess that we see. Yes, and and that I'm not here by accident. There is a purpose for my life. There is a creator above and who made all things that we see and that we study. There is order in this universe. We can see the hand of of a creator. And as Paul explained to them what his understanding was of the problems in the world and how God had sent Jesus to solve the greatest problem, which is sin and and suffering, that, you know, there were some who wanted to believe. And that's what we want to invite you, listener. If you're having problems with your cosmology today, listen to Paul's sermon in Acts 17, and you might find some answers. And that's what we like to teach here on Sink the Beagle. Thanks for listening to Sync the Beagle. We'd like to send you a special gift just for being with us today. Write to our email address, beagle at lifetalk.net, and ask for your free copy of Dr. Dwight Nelson's book called Built to Last, A Thoughtful Look at Creation and Evolution. Ask for Built to Last when you write to beagle at lifetalk.net. And be sure to listen in next time to another episode of Sync the Beagle. So join us here each week, my friends, you're sure to get a smile. From seven stranded castaways, here on Gilligan's Island.